Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl, Complex Angel, and welcome back to another episode of Self Love is My Rehab, where we are all tired of abuse being our addiction. I'm about to get my partner in crime, DC, on the line so we can start this lovely show tonight. So please tune in and love yourself. Yo, yo, DC, what's going on tonight? Arsenio Hall, what's cracking, my neck? <laughs> none was, none was. Uh, ready to start the show. What about you? Man, I'm cooler. I'm cooler. It's cold in the D, but I'm cooler. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm about to bring knowledge on right now. He just came on. I'm about to uh, unmute him, and we're going to get oh, right shit. into that vibe of the week. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, knowledge, what's going on? Peace. Can y'all hear me all right? Yes, oh, yeah. I heard somebody said they in the D. What up, though? Y'all see what that? up, though? Another <laughs> mile, better mile. <laughs> Listen, I used to be there, but you know I'm in Pennsylvania. We just had another snowstorm today. Winter is mad at us, and she is giving us all of the bullshit. But with that being said, I'm going to give you the flow, DC. What was your vibe of the week? Well, since you want to talk about snow, you up here cussing and shit. Um, yeah, that uh, that has been the the most terrible part of the damn week is uh, basically laughing at you first and foremost for the simple fact that you got hit with the snow first. I don't mm-hmm. know why I thought that Michigan was not going to get as much snow as we did, considering that you said that y'all was going to get like three to five inches. I should have just known mm-hmm. that we was probably going to get the same thing or more. But, uh, yeah, I got a chance to laugh at you for about, like, two, three days straight about it. And, shit, came, uh, what was that, Friday, I think it was. I think we had got hit Friday. And I was going outside to my car on on my lunch break. And I overheard this girl say, yeah, it's about two to three inches out there already. I was like, no, the fucking ain't. I said that shit out loud. And, you know, me, I'm really an antisocial person. So, for me to just, you know what I'm saying, for me to just kind of, like, outburst that, like, you know, I was in my feelings. And she just bust out laughing. She was like, yeah, like, it's, it's snowing. And when I say them flakes was thicker than dandruff, man. Oh, Jesus. Shit was crazy. <laughs> I, and honestly, I oh, think she God. underestimated the inches and shit. But, you know what I'm saying? That, that should have been expected for me. My bad for slipping up Michigan. I should have known better. You know what I'm saying? One day we could be wearing shorts. The next day we be, uh, we wear um, chinchillas and, you know, bear coats and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> That's just how it is. Welcome to the beat. Be like that. <laughs> Knowledge, I apologize. You're about to hear some bizarre shit from my co-host tonight. But we're going to still rock out. So, with that being said, we're going to get right into our shut me the fuck up topic, which is reassurance. And I wanted to bring my lovely brother, Knowledge, born all on, because I feel like he's about to drop heavy gems. So, I'm going to just get right into the first question. What does reassurance mean to you, Knowledge? Uh, can y'all still hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, we got that prefix re, you know, and that root word assure, and you got the mm-hmm. end. So when we're dealing with reassurance, we're looking at something that needs to happen again. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. church folk be like, we got blessed assurance. You see what I'm saying? So in their mind, with their connection to the creator via his son, they have blessed mm-hmm. assurance that as long as they have a connection 
in a personal relationship with the son, the father is going to make sure that they got everything okay. So when you look right. at reassurance, this is something that occurs when there's a lapse. So that means that something has to be reestablished or reconnected and brought back together. So through mm. the trial and the error of reestablishing the trust and you know learning all over again, we're dealing with reassurance in one instance. Mm. In the other instance, it's from a perspective where which you say, I feel a certain kind of way, and then it's validated by some outside stimuli. You see what I'm saying? Whether it's the person that you're with or some kind of experience that takes place. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. DC over there, lifeless. Um, I love that you said that, though, that, you know, the reason why it's reassurance because it means there is a lack of something there. And that definitely just hit close to home for me. But I'm going to let DC see if he got some things he want to say. Oh, really? You want me to follow up after that shit? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but nah, um, I'm just joking. Um, nah, I mean, I shit, that, that's the nail in the coffin right there, man. Like, that's that's basically, you know, what reassurance, you know, means to me. You know what I'm saying? He basically just gave us the whole, you know, definition of it for the most part. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's definitely where it hits close to home is, you know what I'm saying? Just you know, getting some reassurance in things that, you know, that are lacking in the sense, you know what I'm saying? And coming from an individual who, you know, was once highly insecure to, you know, I would say medium to low insecure now at this point, you know what I'm saying? Really needed a lot of reassurance, you know what I'm saying? And and that's just not even coming from like, you know, relationships, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? That's just reassurance, you know, not from other people, but also from myself, you know what I'm saying? Like I had to, you know, it was a struggle for me to try to like, you know, really give myself reassurance to, you know, um, maintain that self-confidence and that self-love and, you know what I'm saying? That, uh, that will to be able to carry on throughout the day, you know what I'm saying? And not be discouraged Mm by, you know, anything and everything that may have came my way, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I can really kind of like, you know, counterattack with, with that. Like, <laughs> he really, yeah. he really hit that shit. That, man, God damn it. It's about to be one of these episodes, huh? I'm about mm-hmm. to be depressed. <laughs> all right. Well, you got the next question for him. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Uh, so the next question is, do you feel how much a parent reassures their child of who they are will affect how much reassurance they may need from others? I think that is an excellent question. I think it's an excellent question specifically for black people in America. You you Mm -hmm. can say black people in the diaspora, but most specifically black people in America because we have undergone an experience where assurance was used as something uh, by enemies to divide us versus mm. where it's supposed to come from. We didn't deal with assurance, and I'm sure we're going to get to that, because if, like like Dr. Joy DeGruy in her book, when she talks about post-traumatic slave syndrome, she talks about mm. the establishment of how you know, our mothers 
would use certain language to make us uh, appear inadequate or lame or lazy so we wouldn't get sold, so we could mm-hmm. keep a family together. So when you look at the psychological effects, I could tell y'all personally, my mother told the world that she loved me, but she told me she loved me like three or four times. You see what I'm saying? To my face, mm-hmm. personally. But she mm-hmm. could brag about me to my aunts and my uncles, to my neighbors, to my teachers, and I felt like we didn't have a connection, and I love her with all my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't mm-hmm. tell me. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. when you're in a situation like that, after that, you have to understand her her upbringing, her tradition, her trauma, and what she carried over and what she wanted for me, but there was nobody there for her. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And there's a lot of situations that we have transgenerationally, and this is why I said black people in America, because other people have went through what we went through in other places, but not like this, to where right. you can't, you know, if you looked at the men, you see what I'm saying? If you looked at the brothers, you looked at that movie Fences, you know, they, mm-hmm. that was a Broadway play and all kind of stuff. The son asked his father, how come you never liked me? You understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? How come you don't like me? Like, he didn't come from a generation like his father. He don't know what his father went through. He wasn't out there with the older brother and, and found out that he didn't get no love from his father. This is why he couldn't show love. Mm-hmm. His, his connection to his father was abuse. So he wasn't physically abusive to the children. He was verbally abusive. And psychologically abusive You see what I'm saying So it came mm. in very v- different kinds of variants And form And this is just called normal life They call that shit tough love And that's like the craziest stuff in the world You see what I'm saying right. So you're thinking by being hard on somebody and, and being vulgar and disrespectful to them That you're building them up You're building up mm. a, a further broken model To continue on So back to the question about reassurance In the family. Just thinking about your family dynamic, we don't know what each member of our family had to undergo in life before we came on the scene. We only know what happens when we come on the scene. So ancestrally, mm. we are a broken people who have been experimenting on and use all kinds of ways, and the whole planet benefits from us being in this condition because we're going to everybody other than self to look for assurance. Forget reassurance. They got to be assured first. We have to be in a space of assurance to, to feel validated, to feel uh, worthy of love so we can reciprocate. So if you're not in that position with your cultural perspective in regards to who you are, where you come from, if your mother and your father both were in your life, then your grandparents, your family has the greatest diameter in your thinking in regards to how you see yourself. So imagine growing up in a toxic, abusive-ass situation to where your mm. entire family is at war because everybody's broken. And mm. and then they continue to make babies and babies and babies and babies because our families were given to us, they were stolen from us, and they were sold. So these are three That's dynamics. Right. You gave birth to babies that you could not raise, your own children, and then they brought you children. From somebody else's family You see what I'm saying So y'all two families could have been at war But guess what now That's your son, that's your daughter Four times They weren't living long Maybe 15, 16 years old Kind of like now You see what I'm saying So this whole situation 
someone is looking to capitalize off this situation that you're in. So they had breathing problems, they had sex problems, they had all kinds of stuff. You didn't know if you was having sex with your mother. That's where, you know, motherfucker comes from, thanks to Dr. Francis Chris Watson, peace and blessings be upon her. Understanding that psyche, that brown mm. bag and all of these other things that go into. You know, we used to tell the story to our children that the stork brought the babies. And that was true. Somebody mm. white brought a baby to your house, and this became part of your family. You see what I'm saying? So all of well. these psychological barriers and dynamics come to a situation to where which you don't even know if your family is your family. Mm, but you still are connected to them and some semblance in your heart and you say, this is family. So if you got a raw deal in your perspective about family, you're going to perpetuate that cycle of family because of your understanding or your misunderstanding of family. I always go to that movie Antoine Fisher and all Antoine Fisher wanted was a family, his family. Yes. And look what he had to go through in the name of family. So what was his ideas in regard to a mother, in regards to a cousin, to a family? They were beating him. They were molesting him, all kinds of stuff. You see what I'm saying? So he's broken inside of himself, and he had to come to grips with all of that psychological trauma and make a decision that I'm still going to pursue my birth family. So we mm. have people that have an origin from the mother continent of Africa and those that are uh, original to this landmass, both in broken situations with no connection to their spiritual mother, to their physical mother, to their emotional mother, and trying to exist in a space where the, the people who brought us here or the people who stole this land from whomever it applies to mm. know this situation in trauma bond through artful scientific genetic experiments. So sure. our coming into being is not one of joy. You know, so if you look in the Bible and they say you're born into sin and shaped into iniquity, look at America. This is what you're born into. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Born into sin and shaped mm-hmm. into iniquity. You see what I'm saying? So our ancestors were describing an experience that we would come into, but it would be un- unbeknownst to us. You see what I'm saying? So that conversation with God and Abraham, know that thy seed would be a stranger into a strange land for a period of 400 years. That's a description. That's a prescription of a, a situation we would find ourselves in, and we would be wandering around like the Israelites with, with Moses uh, in the wilderness for 40 years. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So all of these things come into the fact of actualization of self and self-identity. If you can't even get to right. self, how can you, in identity, you got an identity crisis. If you can't see you, how can you reassure you? You see what I'm saying? Cool. How could you receive assurance from someone else? That part, and if that you part. see yourself in a negative light, you will never get no assurance from somebody who looks like you. But if you forget because you're in a traumatic state and it affects your memory and your genetic memory and all of that, if you forget what happened to you and who you are, to rely on somebody else to do what? Tell you who you are. So you got oh, gosh. out here. 
You see what I'm saying? You got a longing out here. And you can find yourself in going from relationship to relationship trying to figure out who you are and suffering all kind of abuse and stress and trauma and hell because you with somebody who is your enemy, but they're disguised as your saving grace. You see what I'm saying? So you you can go through that (laughs) interdependency upon your enemy to try to make you whole. Because what they hold over you is your identity, and you're in crisis. Oh, that part. Knowledge, I know it took a little long way. My bad, Sam. No, no, my bad. I don't know. I'm about ready ready to throw in the goddamn towel. I'm about to to use a careful goddamn show. I don't. I, I need no more parts of this. I feel like I'm in the damn principal's office for some shit that I didn't do. <laughs> Actually, I did it. I did it. I did. <laughs> you you really just educated all of us tonight, and that's why like I let you go as long as you did. Um, because especially the part where you said that your mom, you know, what I'm saying, told the world that she loved you, but she only said it to you three or four times. You know we do forget what we, – we don't know what they went through. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, it's a lot of things she couldn't do for me because of what she was deprived in her childhood about. And my grandmother definitely didn't like talking about racism or anything that she endured growing up. So that trickled down to me, you know what I'm saying, the feeling lack of love because my grandma never said that she loved me. You get what I'm saying? But – I had to learn that I I had to basically learn that, you know, she never said it, but her actions always show. You get what I'm saying? And especially about the black family, because you kind of answered two and three together because um, I was reading the Willie Lynch letter and it was talking about how it was always meant from beginning to break up the black family. You know, when the mom watched her husband get beat to a bloody pope, you know, that trauma that traumatized her. So she's more she's more like overprotective of the son because she realizes that when he's born there's a target on his back. And she's more harder on the female wanting her to get education and everything and it's like the males become this dependent person upon women. You know, but at the same time, that tough love plays a role where they're not allowed to show their emotions. So when they get into relationships, they don't, they they shut down as soon as a woman is telling them to express themselves. You get what I'm saying? A woman, on the other hand, because she wasn't, she was always told to suck shit up, that's life, get over it. She gets into these relationships where she doesn't know how to, you know, give that emotional connection to a man. And, you know, she feels like, okay, you act just like my uncles and my brothers that got coddled. You know what I'm saying? When you going to grow up and be a man, it's the same shit over and over again. And it's what makes the cycle continue because we get into this stage of where I don't need a man. Fuck niggas. My daddy wasn't there or fuck bitches. You know what I'm saying? Like black women are too hard to deal with and we never stop to understand what's going on because we're so, we're so buried in all these conditions. So I thank you for educating us on that knowledge. Um, If you want to go Matter of fact, I don't, I don't even want to answer ask number three because you already answered it with two and three. I want to just say, like, can you kind of tell us how can a person 
find reassurance for themselves so that they won't have to pressure another person to reassure them because it's not another person's it's not another person's job. You get what I'm saying? Like because we all have our own triggers and traumas. So how can a person learn how to give themselves that assurance that they didn't get growing up? Well, they have to come to grips with the first thing that there's a problem. You know, one thing that my mother did well was she was a healer. And the thing about healing, someone has to be there for a healer, you know. Mm-hmm. Today is Sandra Bland's birthday. Two days ago mm-hmm. was Trayvon Martin's birthday. Nobody was there for Sandra Bland, and now we're telling people to say her name. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes, so sir. Sandra Bland is the black woman, and Sandra Bland is the black woman that you just described, Complex Angel, you just described her. She got to mm-hmm. be hard. She can't really depend on no brother. Ain't no brother going to show up for her, stand up for her. They they let her die. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Then they was talking shit like if she would have just been compliant, some fool-ass coward cat running around with this kind of mentality is not viable yes. or fit for that. You understand what I'm saying? But again, in the space of trauma and fear, because you was hiding behind mommy's skirt when you saw danger, and once mm. your mother reassured you, you were, you were okay to, to go back out again, you never stood in front of your mother when you saw a threat. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Instead of running behind when you saw a threat. That's why you're not standing up for no black women. You understand? This is why you could come with something about authority and compliance versus retaliation. You see what I'm saying? I stood in front of my mother. My mother ain't need my damn help. She would have slapped me across the street. You understand? <laughs> but I still stood in front of her. Right. You see what I'm saying? So if you said something or did something to the women in my family, I'm coming for you. I was right. raised like that. You understand what I'm saying? I was raised. I don't care. I don't care what they did. I don't care. Yo, yo, she slapped me. Okay. <laughs> I don't, you understand what I'm saying? So right or wrong, it's warfare. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And, and I, I don't yeah. care where I see you, who you with, how many people. It don't matter if you wrong somebody in my family. The women in my family, most especially, it's war. You see what I'm saying? Other than that, I'm yeah. easy going. I'm cool. But if if the women in my family was violated, it's war. But you can get mm. lost in that, too. And they can trigger you, and you can find yourself at war all the time, and they can just bring their stuff to you. So you have to be mindful in that mind space of is this worth whatever is coming. You see what I'm saying? And then they have to know. <laughs> Don't call me if you're still trying to figure it out. If you call yeah. me and say this man put his hands on you, he's missing. You're not going to be able right. to go back to him. So make right, sure right. before you pick up that phone to call me. That y'all didn't have you exhausted every remedy possible in regards right. to what it is because I'm coming to end it. It's it. That's it. You understand what I'm saying? So right. when you when you don't have that kind of space within cell, you get lost. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. when you're just looking at how do you reestablish the connection to something that you never had. So that's the question. Like, how do you experience something you never experienced? You see what I'm saying? Right. How do you reconnect that? Like, it's there. It's looming. 
in your unconscious or your subconscious. It's looming there in your spirit and your heart. There's a longing for it. Mm-hmm. But what do you do with it when it shows up? <laughs> you understand right. what I'm saying? Whatever mm-hmm. you've been trained to do, that's what you're going to do initially. You're going to reject it. You're going to fight it. So if you wanted a good man, sis, or you wanted a good woman, brother, when they show up and you done had trash your whole life, you are now going to be the trash in that relationship. You understand? So this is where you're going to be. You see what I'm saying? So this is the process, and they're going to be good for so long, and then they're going to be trash right with you because where you find no good men, you find no good women. You see what I'm saying? So that's how it's written. This is, is written how our ancestors wrote it. Like they wrote books about what they did and how they fucked up. So mm-hmm. And they left it for us, so when we found them, they built pyramids. They did every kind of thing that they could do to tell you, like, yo, don't fuck this up. We fucked it up. This is what happened to us. This is why you don't see us no more. You right. see what I'm saying? So in this healing process of reestablishing, you have to go back to your cultural roots because you're not just healing you. You're healing everybody that was in the position in your ancestral line that came before you who did not have the opportunity to heal. So this is why the healing process, even as arduous and as painful that it is, it becomes lighter. You start really yeah. feeling better. And this is the position that you're supposed to be in before you find somebody else. You have to find this healing process and reach this apex of healing in yourself before you go to someone else. Because you don't know who you're going to meet. This may be somebody that's supposed to be with you for the rest of your life, but they are in that space. And you remember that. This is why they got AA and NA meetings. Mm. To let you know, okay, you were suffering from an addiction, a disease, and now you're you on the, the road to recovery. You're on the, the, the road to healing. You understand what I'm saying? This is why they celebrate them small wins, you know, two days, 30 days, because you have to be in a place, in a, a community space where healing is promoted. You see what I'm saying? And demonstrated. So when you get somebody that come into that fold and you don't reach your healing apex, you can recognize where you were in other people because it's a lesson. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So you can meet this mate that's supposed to be for you, this good thing that's supposed to be for you, but it it might take you a little work. And it might trigger you because you're like, nah. My ex used to act like that. Nah. What the fuck? I don't like that. <laughs> you know, you know, oh, my God. No. These are all, this is all of the process that go along with this. No, these don't have to be intimate relationships. We're talking about, okay, we need to come together as a people without talking about how to reconcile the trauma that we went through as a people. And they're like, oh, you can't be blaming people. you crazy as hell. That's a part of the process. That's a part mm. of the process. Identifying something separate from you to be able to look at it first externally in order to work on it internally. You got to have a point of reference. You don't go to the gun range and there ain't no target up there. <laughs> you go to the yeah, gun range dog. and there's what a the target. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. So it's everything yes. but you. You have to deal with those things external and then deal with them internal. You see what I'm saying? 
So all these things work together. You know, they say these things work from the inside out. Optimally, they do. Initially, they work from the outside in. Something that you saw led you somewhere. Something mm. that you saw. You see what I'm saying? Something that you saw triggered you. So when you deal with uh, addiction and abuse, everything was good until this happened. Then you relapse. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yo, I was good. I was out of that situation. And they remember my mother's birthday and he called me. Mm. Next thing you know, I'm back in that shit. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so these, yeah. that, that's the way. So is that them or you? It mm. takes a long time to see that it's both. You see what I'm saying? So once you recognize, okay, that was me, I still made that conscious decision with no contrast, you know, if, ands, or buts. You know how we deal with that. But I'm, I understand what you're saying, but you see what I'm saying? Like, yo, I, yeah, I know yeah, I shouldn't have went over there, but... You see what I'm saying? Like, you're trying to share the shit with somebody else. And that's good initially. However, you got to come to that position within yourself to say, okay, this was my choice and my decision. Now I need to evaluate my decision. What happened? You see what I'm saying? When 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 psychologists said they be working with drug addicts and people in in abuse and things like that, they said they got to move out that environment that they was in. If you have ancestral trauma for 400 years in America, how the hell do you think you're going to heal in America? Damn. Okay. Damn. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, so, like, this yeah. 400 years of trauma, your, your family, you just look at your family, whether you was from here or you was born here. You can't heal yeah. in the same place you are being healed at. Not possible. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So they couldn't look at our sister, Sandra Bland. They couldn't look at this black woman, exude her strength, and fight for her life. They said, "Oh, all she had to do was just what? You've been in Texas, homie. You've been pulled over by the Texas police, homie. Right? You understand? Like you've been on the side of the road with them police before. Think about your city. (laughs) Think about wherever you at. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Detroit police pulled you over. Your heart rate ain't getting accelerated. You wasn't ready for fight or flight." What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to look at that it ain't even, Sometimes it ain't even Detroit cars. Sometimes you got Livonia and Westland and, you know what I'm saying, Canada. Yeah. That's, that's here nor there. You know what I'm right? saying? And the, thing about it, <laughs> and the thing about it, the thing about it that's most disheartening is if you're supposed to be an American citizen, you're not supposed to feel no kind of way. You see what I'm saying? If this is supposed to be for you and you was born here, you got a social security card and birth certificate, you you ain't supposed to feel nothing. But your spirit lets you know, like, something about to go down that you you better be prepared for. You see what I'm Mm. saying? That's a different kind of post-traumatic stress connection to this place. So when we're talking about these situations right here, your cultural roots. You come from people that was in this position that fought all the way if if you were born mm. here. On on the flip side, if you were native to this landmass, you come from people that fought these enemies to the end. Mm. So that recognition now is no longer there. It's faulty. 
because of the situations you mentioned. It's just about this Willie Lynch letter. Like this, you know, psychological observation note from behavior is deep. So whether it's yeah. real or it's not real, can you see the behavior? Can you see in your family life and dynamic if you got two children, you call one Cain, you call one Abel, and if you treat Abel better than you treated Cain, you start a war in your house, and Cain can kill Abel. Mm. He don't see brother no more. They'd be like, what about black-on-black violence? Look at that book. That book tells you if two people ain't on the same accord, somebody's going to die. Right. All it takes is a little well. bit of jealousy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, and this, like, this natural shit right here. You was used to being the center of attention. Everything you did was good. And somebody else came in the picture and fucked that up. Right. That's a whole new situation. No, I don't mean to cut off in the middle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because we're going over time. But, uh, I guess, you, no, you definitely, definitely really just, um, Hey, you touched on a man. You hit up close to home on a lot of stuff. I'm just like over oh, here lost for words. DC, what you got to say? No, nah, I was gonna say you remember that scene not the Rocky movie when my man's getting his ass beaten and his, uh, his coach was like, "Throw the damn cow!" Like <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt the whole time. This thing was buffing my ass, boy. Like man, you hit you hit so close to home with so much shit, man. Like I'm about to get black mm-hmm. and just sit in the snow. Like shit, <laughs> oh, depressing. But now uh, you you no, definitely it's, hit it's, that man. shit. Yes, yeah, like it's 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 really it's real. Like you have to do that shadow work in order. You know what I'm saying. In, in, in order to be a better version for the next person. We get into these relationships because it's like knowledge said, we avoid wanting to know who we like wanting to know ourselves. Like we run from ourselves because of like our traumas, because of, you know, things that we went through in our life and we expect someone else to deal with the bullshit. And it's it's yeah. not good. You have to, you got to reassure. You have to reassure yourself. Like, you know, you got to know that you're worth it. You have to pour into yourself. You have to change the narrative. Like, you know, my grandmother, like I said before, she never said, I love you. You know what I'm saying? It was always later or bye. But the fact that she raised her kids and raised her grandkids, you know what I'm saying? The fact that she worked 12-hour shifts but still made time to come to our school activities and everything, you know, like just the fact to show up and and, and, and be there, you get what I'm saying? Like she didn't do everything right. No one is perfect, but the things that you lack, you have to really sit back and face self. So knowledge, I want to thank you for shedding light on this segment. Like you just dropped gems. I don't even think I'm about you going to come on after this episode. They you yeah, are acting follow. Yeah, we need to get him a, a gold medal. <laughs> I, we can go. I can go half with you on like a little rap with us or something. We can mail it to him. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. Like, <laughs> well, no. Okay. Well, with that being said, I'm gonna let you get into shout outs and appreciations. Knowledge. Anybody you want to shout out or show appreciations to? I want to shout y'all out first. You know, I didn't even get a chance to say it at the beginning. We just got right into it. Uh, <laughs> self-love is my rehab. I mean, 
That is the greatest kind of phenomenon that could exist. There are millions of people that came before us who did not have the opportunity to look at self in the space of love. Your grandmother looked at her duties and responsibilities to y'all in that same position like I was talking about that movie, Fences. You know, mm-hmm. when the character was talking to his self via his son, he was telling him, didn't you eat? Don't you got a place to sleep? Blah, 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 this, this. You know, ain't nobody got to like you. Like he was preparing him for the world, but he didn't take the time to remember that that was his son he was talking to. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you can't be what you don't see. So mm-hmm. he grew up to be the man that he wanted him to be. You know, he was looking people in the eye. It wasn't none of that shyness. You see what I'm saying? That that man came home in that uniform. He was a different man. But he was those seeds had to have time to grow in him. You see what I'm saying? And with yeah. his father being absent out the picture, he, he got a chance to see what his father was looking to give him. He had to find it in prison. You see what I'm saying? Mm. He had to find it in baseball. He couldn't find it in his father. His father wanted the girl that he was with, and he beat him within an inch of his life to try to get her. You understand? So mm-hmm. these kinds of situations uh, in regards to what we do, we have to have some place where we have. We have to have some kind of refuge. We have to look at our situation as traumatic as it is and, and find some joy and some solace in Self-love. So self-love is my rehab. I mean, this is phenomenal. You understand what I'm saying? What y'all provide, I don't want y'all to think and make light of what y'all doing. We got all of these gender wars and all this shit on the Internet and all this other black men don't do, black women don't do this and this and this and this. Y'all are challenging these things by coming together weekly. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And providing space for people to have an open forum to express themselves, whether it's ratchet or it's super-duper intellectual. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like okay, there right. are people that share things with y'all that got enough trust and faith in y'all two together. You see what I'm saying? That they ain't told their mama. <laughs> you understand? That they ain't told Jesus. Or who right. They pray to. You understand what I'm saying? They, they, yeah. So that's a space of trust. So y'all have a great dynamic right here. You see what I'm saying? So I just wanted to shout y'all out. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, shout out to our people, man. It's Black History Month. You see what I'm saying? It's, yes. a, it's, it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to reflect. Don't let nobody cheapen your experience because they'll come. You see what I'm saying? You, you're in a good mood. They're like, oh, you celebrating Black History Month. It's February. It's the shortest month out of the year. We only got 28 days, and they gave us this. All, all of that. Like, don't let nobody drag you into that abyss. You see what I'm saying? Right. Every, yeah. My Black History, 24-7-365. I don't believe you. There's a couple of people I do believe. <laughs> you? I don't believe you. You understand what I'm saying? So we got work to do, and we have to start somewhere. You know? You know, right. How much time do you spend with your children educating them about your family? I don't believe you if you're talking about you a Garveyite and you and you don't get along with your mama or your grandmama. Who went with that? Mm-hmm. You right. know what I'm saying? Or you a Pan-African <laughs> or you this or that or whatever. I need to see the evidence in your family. So take that time, these 28 days, and reflect on your family history. Tell your children their birth story, why you chose their name. Tell them about that birth experience. All these things are sacred. These are sacred mm. things. I, 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 you see what I'm saying? So uh, when we're talking about uh, assurance and reaffirming and validation, if you give them that and impact them and empower them, they won't seek that validation elsewhere. 
You see what I'm saying? They'll seek it within. So, you know, that's mm. a you know, quick caveat to that question. But, I mean, I really love what y'all doing. You see what I'm saying? I'm honored to have a little space with y'all and, and be able to do, you know, a little shadow boxing out here. You understand what I'm saying? It's a, cheap, yeah, a, shadow, a little shadow boxing. Shadow boxing. You, you here. KOD like five times in this bitch. Oh, Mike Tyson ass nigga. <laughs> we each other's reflection. You understand what I'm saying? We each other's reflection. Yeah. You heard something that I said that resonated with you is, is confirmation. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, that part. Facts. Yep, that part. Big facts. Oh, right. trust me. Big facts. You hit me about like with a four five piece and a dry ass Popeye's biscuit. But I know you're about to go ahead and hit, <laughs> hit that shit over to me, Complex. Let me go ahead and go ahead straight forward with it. Shout out to Self Love is My Rehab. Um, based off of whatever the fuck he just said, because he always dropping gems, so I'm going to copy off of him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to God, because without him, none of this would be possible. Um, Shout out to Dynamic Culture Apparel. That's my baby. Don't play with it. Um, Be on the lookout for some new uh, shit dropping pretty soon. Website's coming pretty soon. If you want to stay updated with all of that, you can follow me on IG at dynamic underscore culture underscore apparel. Or you can follow it on Facebook as well as uh, Dynamic Culture Apparel. And if you happen to want to follow my personal page, The King of the Ugly Guys, uh, you can follow me as Supa, that's S-U-P-A underscore, 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 ugly. Um, and shout out to all my people with positive vibes and positive energy. And shout out to all my loved ones with negative vibes and negative energy. We still love you at the end of the day. We just waiting for you to catch up, mister. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to shout you out, Knowledge, for coming on and dropping heavy-ass gems tonight. You invited your ass into my house with that message. Um, I, You know, I ain't got no Kool-Aid, but I got some chicken. I got some mashed potatoes because you just came to my front porch with that message. <laughs> I really, I've been praying to God about a lot of stuff, and I question, like, how will I know if you're listening, and how will I know when, you know, how will I know when the answer's coming from you, and you just confirmed a lot tonight, so I, <laughs> thank you for coming on, um, I'm gonna have to rotate you back into season five, it's, it's a definitely, yes, have to, um, shout out to no Apologies, my book. That was the book that set the platform for self-love is my rehab and Queens with Vibes and Visions. I had to realize that I didn't understand what self-love was. And, you know, I was like, it's just time to basically do a podcast about that so I can learn more about it. And Queens with Vibes and Visions, I just felt like it was time to start empowering black women, women of color, period, because you know what I'm saying? It's time to stand up. You know, we tear each other down. We got to start empowering each other. So shout out to my book for, you know, for doing that, setting the platform for that. Uh, out of Darkness is coming June 7th. I am wrapping it up. This is going to be the book that shows you how the abusee can become the abuser. Uh, please do your shadow work. Start learning from your patterns. Stop running from yourself and really learn to focus on self, I'm telling you, because it's like knowledge said, where there's no good woman, there will not be no good man. And, you know, when you've dealt with trash, you become that trash. So please do that shadow work, focus on yourself. And, yeah, and shout out to God, because without having that personal relationship with him, 
I wouldn't have a personal relationship with myself. He's really helped me to understand myself. Um, knowledge, before we go into stimulate your mind question, let the listeners know where they can follow you at. You can find me in St. Louis Way. Oh, okay. I do got a platform like you like twenty one hundred episodes deep and counting Zoom Radio out here in the trenches. And you know, we love our people, you know, it's a place for black people. I, I gotta say black people only. You understand? No disrespect mm-hmm. to anybody else. You could go any place else, everywhere else. There's millions of podcasts out here. Do not radio for black people only. You see what I'm saying? Um, to support us, to uplift us, a place where black people are celebrated and honored. They ain't got to apologize. They ain't got to be inclusionary. They could just come on and say, you know, I make this soap for black people. And I'd be like, hell yeah, it's your birthday today. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? So we celebrate yeah. And, and love on each other and uplift each other and support each other. You see what I'm saying? Like, So I know it takes a while. You know, so many negative experiences, you know, they say seven to ten times in the business world of the exposure process before people are receptive to what you're saying. So space repetition leads mm-hmm. to self-mastery. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, you can catch us, www.youtube.com forward slash do the knowledge radio. That's D-O. T H A K N O W L E D G E R A D I O. On IG, Knowledge uh, Born Live 357, or our business IG, Do Knowledge Radio. Check us out also at dtkempowerU.com or Do Knowledge Radio.com. And I believe I just got into Spreaker, and Spreaker lets you go to Spotify, lets you go to Jesus House, wherever. It's all over the place, okay? So, <laughs> you, you got that. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, do not radio. And we're looking for guests. We're looking for black business, entrepreneurs, poets, MCs, artists, authors, whomever. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, we always got a safe space for you uh, to come through and celebrate yourself and promote yourself. That's not boasting. That's not bragging. That's called business. That's the truth. On this planet. You understand? That's so the you truth. have to, yeah. you know, believe in your product and your services and be able to talk about yourself. It's okay. All right? It's okay. Mm-hmm. You can talk about yourself yeah. and your business. 90% of what people buy is you. 10% is your product or sale. And I thank mm-hmm. y'all again right. for having me. No problem, no problem. All right. Okay. All right, DC. It's time for us to stimulate our minds tonight. Drop it. Oh, shit. Let's stimulate that mind, Craig. Knowledge broke my ass. (laughs) You got knocked the fuck out. Anyways. You got knocked the fuck out. (laughs) So the stimulation of my question tonight is, Looking back on your views on emotions, where you taught from a functional or dysfunctional perspective on how to deal with them, and knowledge, we're gonna let you answer first. God damn! Who the hell supposed to follow that motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, keep in mind, keep in mind, we only got like fifteen to twenty minutes left before the show stops, so let's keep our Answers like five minutes to brief if we can. I'll be brief. I'll be brief because okay. I want to hear y'all. Um, I I believe that before me, 
my ancestral lineage did the best that they could based off the circumstances that they were in. So they were not functional. They were in a space, in a place that was very dysfunctional, and that they replicated those thoughts, ideas, actions, and attitudes and behaviors. But they still set aside for what they hoped and dreamed and envisioned a time for us later would be. So we're walking in that divine line of our ancestral connection, the wrong, to heal, to uplift, to empower, and to care enough about self and those coming after us to carve out a space for them righteously. So I believe that they adapted to the times that they were in, and I learned that lesson. That was a blessing Mm -hmm. for me of what not to do. So I honor them in that regard, and I'm astutely honored in ensuring that I don't repeat the same cycles because the greatest thing to get from a blessing is to not repeat the lesson that caused you to have to undergo these things. So those who are coming after me can have a chance to just live and not simply wait to die. Mm. That part. Okay. Hey, DC. <laughs> mm-hmm, yep, of course. Always put me after this nigga. Um, <laughs> um, but no, nah, I mean, based off my emotions, I feel like I've, I, I fall on the dysfunctional side because to kind of really piggyback off of what you, uh, what you guys were saying, I fell under the same category. Um, with first of all, being a, um, uh being up under a household where there was a single parent, you know what I'm saying? Uh, being raised by my mom, you know what I'm saying? So um, the stereotype for that, you know what I'm saying? So to speak was just kind of like, you know, like a woman trying to raise a man, you got to give him tough love, you know what I'm saying? That quote unquote tough love type of shit, you know what I'm saying? So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah. So growing up kind of like, you know, just really like getting that, that aggressiveness from a woman, you know what I'm saying? in a sense, kind of being submissive to her, you know, simply because that was my parent, um, you know, couldn't really, you know, voice my opinion, so to speak, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, or really know how to, you know what I'm saying, because, you know, there's always that little fire, there's always that bit of fire in a a boy, you know what I'm saying, when they they have that sort of, that anger that they want to kind of like unleash, but they can't do it if, you know what I'm saying, if that's, you know, if that's your mom actually trying to do that to you. Which why, you know, when I got older, you know what I'm saying, that, that fire came stronger, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but still at the same time couldn't really express myself because, hey, that's your mom's, respect your mom's, you know what I'm saying, type of mm-hmm. shit. And, you know, the older I got, the more I started to really kind of like open my mouth and shit, you know what I'm saying, and even towards her to where I, you know, I'll admit it, became, you know, a little more disrespectful as I got older. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of led off into how dysfunctional I was in, you know, relationships. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like I learned some I, I, I learned some assurance that, you know what I'm saying, when, when my mom had, like, relationships and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? I, I kind of, from what I kind of took from that was that, you know, you basically go into these relationships and you try to fulfill and, you know what I'm saying, like, try to make these relationships 
last long, regardless of how bad it looks, because that's kind of like all my mom really been through with bad relationships, you know what I'm saying, seeing it firsthand, you know what I'm saying, from, from, you know, pushing the boyfriend through a closet door to him pulling out a gun and yada, 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 you know what I'm saying, like seeing the worst of all of that made me feel like, okay, I'm going to carry on that, you know, that relationship legacy that my mom had persuaded to me because I feel like that's what's right, you know what I'm saying, to kind of give the woman what they kind of need, you know what I'm saying, We're, you know, putting my feelings to the side type of shit. But, yeah, long story short, yeah, that kind of, like, you know, gave me my dysfunctional side, you know what I'm saying? As an adult, you know what I'm saying, trickling, you know, all the way back down to, like, my childhood type of shit. Mm. Okay. So my uh, perspective is definitely like yours, DC. I was definitely taught from, like, a dysfunctional perspective. Uh, My grandmother and my mama always taught me, you know, they always said, never let someone get the best of you. If a person's hating on you, it's because they don't like you. You know what I'm saying? Always keep control of your emotions. But what they showed in return is what I followed. You know, they showed it's okay to enable someone else's problems. It's okay to put yourself second. It's okay to shut down and not talk about things that, you know, that are painful. It's okay to distract yourself. And I found myself doing that in relationships. If the person wanted to tell me about myself, I didn't want to hear it. I would turn the radio up, you know, or I would talk over them and I would play that tip for tap. You did this, you did this, and I can never hold myself <laughs> accountable. Nothing, like no one ever got heard when it came to me because I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to hear about myself. You know what I'm saying? Because this is something that was not allowed in the household. You know, so that that's what it's going to be. But putting myself second a lot and, you know, just really just putting my emotions, like just finding out that my emotions were all over the place. I had to ask myself one day, you know, can you date yourself? Like, you know, would you be able to date yourself as a person, you know, knowing all of your toxic ways, knowing all of your good, you know what I'm saying? Does the toxic outweigh the good or does the good outweigh the toxic? Can you date yourself? And asking myself that question was the day that I learned to kind of hold myself, well, actually fully hold myself accountable to realize that, okay, yes, my grandmother and them didn't, you know, show the right example of how to control your emotions, but now I have to do it because they're not here. That's closure that I can never get. There are certain things that happen to me that I can never get closure about or talk to them about. I have to unpack that myself, and I have to process that within myself. You know, I have to learn what it is to have self-control. And how I'm learning is I'm just basically studying what I want to be. I'm studying what self-control is, what the definition is, how I got to this point, reading articles. It's it's a process, but and, and a lot of shit I find out, it hurts. I shut down. I get into these emotional ballings. But like Knowledge said, it, it's the best thing, you know what I'm saying, because I'm healing and I'm able to deal with stuff. I notice that I'm able to deal with things way better than I could before. So, yeah, that's my answer. So, thank you guys. With that You're being said, <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with that being said, I'm going to let DC close us out with the dynamic culture quote. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the closed caption of the show tonight. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. If you didn't, something wrong with you because knowledge came through and just aired this bitch out. Um, 
Yes, with uh, with some Hawaiian breeze air freshener, like <laughs> some fabuloso. Like this thing clean house, it smelled good in here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, but no. With that being said, uh, the dynamic quote tonight is: "Love what you have before life teaches you to love what you lost." And I couldn't have picked a better quote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To line up with. You know what I'm saying with this podcast and you know the guest knowledge. You know what I'm saying because in order for you to first of all, you know, to basically love what you have is to basically have a full understanding of what's around you. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and you know to cherish all of that. You know it 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 comes first of all with you know just self love within yourself. You know what I'm saying because you can't love on anything else if you can't love on yourself first. So, like yeah, Nala said, you know what I'm saying, sometimes the things work from the outside in, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to pinpoint certain things that may be troubling you as an individual to, you know, that's, that's you know, distracting you from loving yourself, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, not necessarily, you know, like, you know, struggle with things to, you know, not, not necessarily struggle to hold on to things to prevent yourself from being able to love something that's lost, but basically have that strength and to know the difference between, you know, loving something that's truly genuine and worth keeping, you know what I'm saying? Versus, you know, hanging on to dead weight, you know what I'm saying? So basically, you know, definitely know the difference between the two, you know what I'm saying? Cause you don't want to be holding on to dead weight. And, you know, I always say support groups, you know, talking to God on a regular basis to be able to have you, think more clear, see more clear is always the best way to go. You know what I'm saying? Have some sort of connection with, you know, with, with a certain person, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you have your person to be able to talk to, you know what I'm saying? On a private basis, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, be able to express yourself and, you know, build up that confidence, you know what I'm saying? That reassurance within yourself, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, you know, deprive yourself from that. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you and God are the narrative of your story. You know what I'm saying? If you can't look at nobody else but God, make sure you be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be able to say, I got this. We're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That self-reassurance is what's key. Self-love is what's key. And mm-hmm. that's my take on the quote. Sorry for being long-winded, but I started getting into that shit. But uh, <laughs> um, no, you're peace, and love and, uh, peace and love, and we are out. Stay blessed. Peace and love. Y'all be safe out there. For sure, for sure.